Hi everyone, this is Greg Vitti with Real Estate Legends. So excited to be back in the saddle here today with Jim Ascot. Jim's a longtime realtor. He's run Ascot Realty since I've known him. I met him in like 1990. He's a past president of the Chicago Association of Realtors. He's done a wonderful job in commercial real estate over the years. He's always been an advocate for realtors and I've always loved that about him. We've had many, many, many inspired relationships. So I'm so glad to have you here, Jim. Thank you, Greg. You know, uh, normally we talk just about the history of the person on here and your legacy as a real estate legend. But I think today we both have such a love for Chicago and we want to make things happen in Chicago. And I'm so proud of you for stepping into the arena, the political arena, something mo most people don't want to do because of all the problems. But yet you're taking the headwinds straight on and you're going to be running for, you are running for Alderman for the 34th District. And we're going to be voting here in two weeks. So hopefully we can get this po podcast out fast. Jim, what would you like to tell the listeners about yourself and what's going on in the third, the new 34th? Maybe you could explain the 34th. Yes, yes. Thank you, Greg. Thank you for that introduction. Definitely, I think if you want to make change, you got to get involved in politics. There's no other way around it. And we need people that have a business orientation and experience to be able to look at the policies that the city council does and be able to at least have them for the business community and the residents that live in this ward. This ward has been newly created. It was moved from the south side where Terry Austin was the alderman. She, de she decided not to run again, and they moved the ward forward. The ward consists of the Loop itself, the West Loop, Greektown, Little Italy, University of Illinois, and it runs all the way to as far as west up to almost Ashland, from the highway to Ashland. So it encompasses Fulton Market also? No, Fulton Market is just a little bit just a little bit over. Washington is our border, Washington Boulevard. Okay, Washington. And then anything south of that is part of the war, new ward. And it's, it's a dynamic ward. It's the loop. It's the business section, the engine of the Chicago business, as well as the new residents that are being formed in the west of the highway with you know, people with their dogs walking and enjoying the, the atmosphere that the West Loop offers, as well as people with pushing new baby carts. We have a new explosion of dogs and babies. It's a tremendous, tremendous- It's exciting thing. what's happening there. Absolutely. It really has Absolutely. changed dramatically when you look at the demographics and the pretty affluent people living there. I know a lot of them are very nervous about crime. We're all very concerned about all this taxation and fines and the cameras. And I think Chicago right now is trying to grow by fining and taxing and you and I are business people and we believe you got to grow the businesses you got to give incentives for businesses and you got to build it and that's one of the reasons we're so excited you're well, going to be in there that, that's important in the business community the brokerage community that we're both involved in I hear it all the time Jim move me out of Cook County we're being taxed to death over here so that, that's not a good philosophy no. to have and, and Illinois is one of the highest tax rates in the country so, so we need to be able to look at it in a different perspective. I think growth would bring money, not taxing people to do it, suppress the business. So, you know, these are the things that will be the challenge for me as a, as a council member. So you have the ward and the services needed to the ward that you got to be responsible for to manage a professional office. So when someone calls as an issue, you were able to address it. And if you can't, you get back to that person immediately as possible with a solution. That's an important part of the, the at least the constituents. Follow up. Follow up exactly, and then and then to be in the council to look at policies overall. So you have a dual. Well, and there's here. budgets. I mean, you you mentioned yesterday at the commercial forum, 
that the budget went from 10.6 million to 16 points a billion and 16.6 billion so on up we were six billion over, yeah over six billion dollars in three years right so every, every, where'd that money go every department increased their budgets and, and again we, there's no transparency there's no accountability how it was spent what's going on with it and some of that was COVID money that was given to to us to to function under those conditions. So what happens when that goes away? How will we meet that budget other than taxing more and and doing it the way things are going? So we need to address that in a in a reasonable way and accountable. How do we a spend this money? Our true yes. process. Yes, yes. It's, you can it's really needed. look at this whole thing. It's needed and be able to supply the services that I needed. You know, the, the, the other part of it you mentioned about crime. Everybody is concerned about that. I mean, that's the main issue when I go out and speak to people in the ward. That's their main issue is crime, not only in the Loop, but also in, the, you know, in that West Loop area. Well, my crazy frustration about this administration has been you have all this crime uptick. Where is the press conference? Where are the solutions that are being drawn? We don't hear any of that. And it's just like quiet. And then them basically telling tenants not to pay their rent. Yeah, you can't, Who pays you can't the mortgage? Yeah, right. How can we keep yeah, people investing in Chicago if the mayor's telling not offering, people? Right. Yeah, we're uh, not offering good solutions. No, there's no question about it. And and you can't put the weight on one one aspect of our community. It's got to be a you know representation on both sides and, and supporting it, but with accountability of where this money is going, and, and the services that are required. When you when you're being taxed, you want to make sure the services are there. Now, people talk about the new mayor, the nine people that are running for mayor, basically have their ideas of what how crime should be looked at. For me, and others have suggested it, is that we have additional foot patrols. People need, the police officers need to be on the street to know who's there, introduce themselves, and we get to know who they are as well. That's an immediate crisis intervention necessary to do. Have police officers on the street, on the beat, in the loop, in the West Loop, as well as have a special force of CTA police officers that are on the trains, on the buses, on the platform to secure, secure. That the, is you know. so important. The CTA, our transportation has to run. People have to feel comfortable yes. when they're on the train. More lights, more cameras. Absolutely. Uh, and it's not only just that. Let's, let's have those things be cleaned. Once they get into the station, let's have a crew and clean them up before they go out again. Yeah. And let's make sure they run on time. You know, we all of us have our cell phones and we have the data of when the next train, the next bus is coming. Let's make that reliable. Otherwise, you know, it it doesn't have a good service. I am excited that the CTA has stepped up and the way they're, and the Metra, the way they're fixing these, all of the different stops and they they do it over that, what is it, the flyover for the Brown line. There's been a lot of, but I want to see it continue. I know they're going to build a big training facility out on Lake Street coming up, and they are going to extend the red line, which is really All those are important transportation for people to get to downtown, to get to work, and those are critical. And then we should look at developments that are around all the stops so that there's affordable housing in those areas so people can, you know, be able to have a a decent apartment and be able to step to the L to get to work. So as realtors, everyone thinks that we're just pro-development, everything just, and the truth of is we want smart intellectual development that makes sense that really works now the way they're doing this affordable housing makes it very unaffordable for a developer there has to be better ways to do it than we are now you look around and you see 12 15 different cranes right now and you say well if 
they're so bad, how come people are building? Well, I think they're building just even though we have these terrible, terrible laws. Well, you know, they, they try to do their best to be able to do that. There's a demand for apartments out there. So the demand is driving this. Uh, we've got almost 2,000 units being brought into the market this year and another 4,000 expected next year. The growth has been phenomenal in the West Loop, in that Fulton market, because people want to be able to walk to work. That, that's what the, the drive is. And, but we need to have the services to go with it for those people that live in the community. It can't be all cement. We have to make sure that there's parks, that there's ability to, to walk your dog and have a park to be able to, to enjoy that. So those are the kind of all things the elements, all the elements, all the basic elements, right. the shopping, the just first off, feeling comfortable and safe. Right. Exactly. Without that, we don't have anything Two, being able to walk your dog, walk your child, go to a school, make sure that you, that everybody's yeah. on the up and up. So it, it's so it's so critical. And it's just throughout the city, not only in our in our West Loop Ward. Uh, the other last week, uh, my son's uh, daughter was in uh, the uh, little grammar school there, and they had to lock it down because there was a shooter outside who had killed two dogs. The police came in, the, the oh, helicopters, right. all this, and it, you know, it must have cost a half a million dollars just to have all those people there with this situation that happened. This guy barricaded himself in his house. He finally came out, showed his FOIA card that he was okay to carry a gun, and they let him go. Who, who pays for the, all that? At least to take him in, you know, for a, a day and you know, tell him what's right. So and it's a it's an unusual. How about situation. this whole? You don't need to pay for bail and you're out, even if you're a repeat offender, even if you assaulted someone with a gun. So well, that would be a felony, and you could still let someone out. No, this is a discretion to the judge. So we have to look at the judicial system as well and, and make sure that those people are penalized for, for things that, that they do against society. But that's a discretion to the judge. It doesn't have to let people out. It, but it, they wanted to make it a fair situation. If you're poor and, and it's a crime of a misdemeanor and you don't have bail, you shouldn't be kept in jail because of, you don't have the money to pay for it. That was I, the idea. I understand that. that. There's a fairness to it. But but not, not to let criminals out. I mean, we do that now with, you know, with the bail system that we have. We let people that have been accused of murder or, or have prior crimes, and we're letting them be out as well. Now, obviously, we're pro-business. We believe that we need to bring jobs back to Chicago. We need to incentivize it. You know, If you look at a map of Chicago in 1970, all the South Side and West Side was middle-class workers, and they all were able to make a living. If you look at a map nowadays, the majority of it is in poverty right. and neglected. Well, and the one thing that we could have done better with this, uh, the affordable housing situation for these developers, the, the requirement was that all of the affordable housing has to be in, on site. Where before, if we were able to do 10% on site and then the rest was able to be building houses in, the, in those neighborhoods. We, from the beginning, we could have built a lot of housing, but the money was given into the, to the neighborhood fund and we don't have any housing. There's still a, a lack of it. We could have been building the whole west and south areas that with vacant city lots that could have been built for people to live in and, and create new new opportunities. You bring in residential, retail follows it. That's right. They did it backwards. They did the retail first and there was nobody to shop. Well, and that's what you can see. Look at the West Loop. I remember when I was a kid, that was basically all abandoned. Even River North was tough. It took a long time for the commercial to come back. And when it does come back, people complain it's gentrification. I say it's a nice lifestyle. I mean, yes, we have to figure out a way to 
bring up the lower end of our society. We've got to be able to uh, supply jobs for these people. We Once you lose hope, you've got nothing. Then you have crime. Well, that's what's happening. And we need to invest in, in those communities. There's no question about it. We need to have... Uh, opportunities where, for instance, we, we close a school and board it up. Why don't we repurpose that and make that a community center where training happens, where mental health is available, where, where a gym is there already. And some people... of it is happening, you know, yeah. oh, but yes, it's yes. just so slow. It, it's slow. It's slow. So, Absolutely. Jim, let's go back now and kind of give people a background on you so they understand who they would be voting for. I know that you immigrated from Greece, right? And yes, you I were nine years old. Nine when my family immigrated from Greece to Chicago. You got to Chicago, and you've been a Chicago resident ever since. Ever since, right. You went to grade school and high school, Chicago public schools. Right. I went to Lane Tech High School and then continued my education at Bradley University with a degree in counseling and then further on a PhD at Columbia Pacific University in California. So those, so I have the degrees, and I worked in the hospital setting in my first career when I finished school. I was first at Forest Hospital in displays as a therapist working with drug addiction, a methadone clinic. And then I left that, I went to Loretto Hospital in the emergency room. So I was a crisis intervention therapist in the emergency room, dealing with all types of situations. But they cut the funding. At that time, funding was not available for mental health work. You were committed. All you had to do was commit people. That was the only alternative that you had. After they got out after 48 hours and the medications ran out, they were back on the street and I would see them again. It was ridiculous. And that's why I kind of thought, okay, this is, this is it. That's not going to go anywhere here. And I went on to get into real estate. In 1986, founded the Ascot Realty Group in River North. And at that time, River North was all warehouses. Yeah, you were a visionary. It was a terrific opportunity because as soon as I opened up that office, people started just coming in from Michigan Avenue, all the artists, all the architects, and, and flourishing in these new lofts. And that became the style of, of, of business. And that's what you know gave me the impetus to go forward. And I joined Chicago Association of Realtors and the Association of Industrial Real Estate Brokers to be in that community of, of brokers to understand the business and be accepted as a beginning. You've always been a great leader. I, I think it was, what, you got in real estate in 86? Yeah. I got in 87. You were president of the Chicago Association of Realtors in 1990? Yeah, 1996. Okay, 96. But you and I both would meet each other at all of the, all the events. events. Right. And... And basically, at that point, there were a lot less realtors, and we were all going to the events, so we all got to know each other well. And you've always been a leader, and you've always been someone who brought people together. And that's what you've done on a lot of different boards. So I feel like that background gives you a perfect opportunity to be a fantastic alderman. And you know what they say, uh, ordinary people do extraordinary things every day. I say it differently. I say extraordinary people like you choose not to be ordinary every day and you choose to go forward and it basically keeps you young and excited and vibrant and that's why like at that meeting yesterday why is everybody in that room so excited to potentially have you there because they know you're level-headed you're grounded and you're a business person and you understand how to move people and you know it doesn't happen in a day but it happens right. and so you got to have that commitment it's it's experience leadership and service those three are, are very critical in moving forward for me. And that's what I have to offer. And to take on this position as a full-time alderman, to be able to commit to that, I think it's, it's very important. You can't move away from that. It's not about getting a title. It's about doing something. And well, that, that's, and that's the thing. It's not like you're going into this for the money. Yeah, right. You make a lot more money in commercial real estate. 
and I know that you've hit on some really fantastic sales and you've helped a lot of different companies and people, but you know what? You're in the twilight of your business right now. Your son's thriving and it's fine for him to run your business. Exactly. And you could help run this city. And yeah. I think you'd make a huge impact on all of the other aldermen. And it's like you can't know everything. You know, it's just like in real estate. We deal with we research everything. But we also real we work with a lot of people that have maybe made one or two sales or buys in their life, and all of a sudden they've read a book and they're the instant expert. And you have to kind of quelch them and say, Well, I understand you're saying that. However, here's a reality of what really happens. It's like when you take the real estate test. Here's a lot of things you're probably not going to have to use as a realtor. Like you got to know these things. Well, you got to know these things. Right. Well, these are the kind of qualities to bring forward and use those in the council. Work with my colleagues. Be able to, you know, create at least a, a sense of where we're going. All of us need to roll in one way. Otherwise, you're not going to get anywhere. You know, that, that's important. And then as we increase the, the value of everyone, all the boats rise because that's what it takes. Exactly. What are the mooring lines that hold us down? How can we stop that? How can we get it where everybody, instead of complaining, oh, Chicago's terrible, oh, Illinois is terrible. You know what? Bottom line, we live in the best international city Absolutely. in the world. Absolutely. Like, look at what's being built. Look what's being happening. And even despite the crazy leadership and the extra taxation and the crazy crime, all the exciting things that are happening in Chicago. Well, we're the third largest city in America, right? So we, we, st we have a standing. We have the, the lake. We have the, all the theaters. We have all the restaurants. We always win awards. We need to, again, accept that we live in a great city, but we need to manage it better. We need to manage better the, the budgets that are created and, and all the departments you know, that serves, serve the community. It's not about you know, getting a heavy-duty administration with salaries that are extravagant and, and everything that we do is, goes toward administration. But let's give it back to the well, people. I tell you what, and I've been saying this for years, enough of the pension. To me, someone could work 15 to 20 years in a job and then get paid the same as they're getting paid forever. Like, I think that with the teachers, I understand it, unless we can really raise their salary a lot. But I think, you know, giving people 401ks and matching their pay while they're there, I think that's plenty. Well, we've made a commitment to, to this is what we did as far as it's in the Constitution, as far as the pensions that are currently in place. Right, and I get but they, that. But new people, we can make it make adjustments. We can make it relook at that. And, and make it equitable for them as well, for their service. Our first responders are police, firemen, and as well as teachers. I right. think they're first responders. They are first responders, and, especially and, now, being that they're risking their life every day just going to a school. And, and, you know, the state is not, you know, putting up the money necessary. They've got their formula, which doesn't work for us. That's why we've lost at least the 80,000 students from the year before. So, you know, they can't budget lower our budget because we lost students, but because we still have schools to run, we still have teachers support. All that has to happen. It has to be reevaluated. Re and we need to have a better relationship with downstate for be able to pa pass our agendas and be equal with among everyone, you know, as far as education is concerned. We need to reinvest in that. There's no question about it. You know, salaries could be definitely improved. We're not paying teachers very much to start. But, you know, they have to be seniors before they get the, the level of money to be able to support their families. So we need to look at that. All these things have to be adjusted and learned how to best go forward with the benefit of everyone. Well, Jim, I love your passion about it. I think that, that is, that's really contagious. And I think that I heard that your gentleman you're running against doesn't want to debate you. Yeah, that was interesting. What was his reasoning? Uh, conflict. The conflict that he couldn't show up. 
So we, we offered dates, we offered different things. And, but again, uh, he, he th he, there was an article in the paper the other day, uh, uh, Black Club, that uh, his staff actually said he'll talk to people after he gets elected. <laughs> I couldn't even believe that. Yeah, that's it. That was it. That's White the light. <laughs> that's the... <laughs> so, so anyway, uh, not, not to belittle him, I don't want to get negative on any other no, stuff. No, 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 no. It's important that you know, we, we pick a person that's going to be dedicated and work through it. I'm committed to it. Obviously, he's a family man. He's, he's a professor at DePaul. I'm ready and committed to step into this position full time. Where, where would someone go to donate money to you, Jim? You can go to my website, Jim Ascot for Alderman, F-O-R for Alderman dot com. And they can go in there and take a look at some of the issues that we have and, and donate. That would be very helpful for everybody to step up. I, I'm doing it as best as I can with the, with people contributing. I don't have the endorsements. I didn't look for endorsements, but he has from the governor all the way down to, you know, the state representatives and aldermen, but, and unions as well. It seems that he has been able to acquire all those. And for me, I, I wanted to run on my merit and let the people decide uh, well, who they think is Whatever we can do to help you, the real estate community is on board with you. We've seen what you've done in the past. We know, you know, you're a proven commodity and you care more than everybody that I know of about Chicagoland. Thank you for that. If you know people living in the West Loop or in the Loop and they have an opportunity to vote February 28th, please let them know that Jim Ascot is available. They can call me. I, I'd be willing to talk to... Okay, call Jim Ascot, candidate for 34th Ward Alderman, 312-967-4280. You could also write to him at jim at jimascottforalderman.com. Ascot's with one T, A-S-C-O-T. Jim, I hope we get this podcast out in time to help you with your uh, run. Thank you, Greg. We will have you back for a true real estate legends interview about your whole life and your business and your philosophies. And thank you so much for your time. Thank you very much. Okay. Appreciate it. Thank you.